So, I know we said we were going to talk about Lovecraft Country. I, unfortunately, between the couple days ago since we last you recorded, we're it. doing this more often. I slacked on it. I slacked. All right? I'm a slacker. Uh, but uh, I think you had said you still had a couple things you wanted to mention about it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, I, I've i been kind of keeping up with it as it's been coming out. So, it's like one of those, ooh, Sunday night rituals, which... I mm-hmm. suggest if you catch up, trying it out because yeah. I don't know. There's something about a Sunday night that needs a TV show. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, even in the state of things, I'm still finding myself having like <laughs> Sunday nights feeling like Sunday nights. Still, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, there was I a there was a couple months where days disappeared, but um, yeah, I'm getting back on a schedule, so that's kind of getting back to normal. Anyway, uh, so the show does this really interesting thing, which I didn't know it was gonna do, and then reading some reviews for it i guess it's true to the source material uh it does like a like a different pulp story each episode but it's the same characters the whole time in one story like their arc is one arc but like each story is gonna have another like oh my god he's actually blah 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 blahs friend from this town i knew it you know and it but it's it's in a way it's done in a way that's like not soap opera it's like really really like satisfying emotionally and it only is because the performances are so good and the filmmaking is as like tight as it is like any if anything faltered on this show it would really feel cheesy pie <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean but it's it's yeah. done in a way that it takes itself seriously enough uh episode three in particular has some acting moments that i won't even say who because i don't want you to even be thinking even about them yeah sort of but there are some yeah. acting moments and some cinematography moments too i noticed i have a friend i follow on twitter that is a i mean they're not a friend of mine but I I wish they were, you know what I mean? (laughs) They're a cinematographer and they were retweeting uh, some stills from the show and talking about how as a cinematographer, there's like so much more going on than you would ever realize. Like little details about the shadows versus the contrast versus what the lighting actually would have been like. Like, I guess people, Mm. they were saying people must have been, you know, going in and like, rotoscoping out like the the tires on the car so that the gleam off of them didn't look distracting for the shot things like that you know and the colors are all specific to like a palette and yeah i didn't things like that are things i didn't even realize about the show but i guess there's just a lot more attention to detail than i thought and that kind of pulpy episodic feeling also makes for like something that tuning in every week never will feel boring i'm excited about that you know yeah so yeah and uh, I'll definitely be getting getting back on the horse on that one. Uh, just sort of didn't have time in the past couple of days. I was up at uh, up at the cabin, and then driving back from the cabin, driving up, driving back in a matter of days takes some time and some uh, some motivation out of you. Yeah, it's not you don't want to get back from a road trip and then immediately turn on a show that you haven't seen before. Right. You know, right. you get back and you throw on. You know, the last well, week episode of Avatar yeah. <laughs> or something. So yeah. actually what I have uh, had the viewing experience of is uh, Eva's been re-watching House. Um, Ooh. Yeah. I'm I've, only a few seasons in and I kind of dropped off. Where uh, are you yeah, in the show? I don't know. Uh, I think she's almost done with season two at this point. Mm. Um, so I only... have seen what you're yeah. watching. Okay. Yeah. Great um, show, dude. Isn't I didn't know great? very much about the show uh, beforehand, and honestly, I'd seen like a couple episodes, and it was kind of like, I mean, I feel like I get it. It's like, House is a jerk. Uh, no one knows what's going on. They think they know what it is. They treat it. It doesn't work. And then House at the last minute it's like, oh my god, I know what it is, and you're all idiots for not knowing it all along. And not and only you know that. What? I'm not wrong. I was not wrong. That is, you're that not is wrong at absolutely all. Every accurate. single but episode but is it exactly is the same. But it's Hugh Laurie is, Hugh Laurie is so lying. entertaining mm-hmm. as that. I mean, and it's not even like this. It's kind of a deep character but it's not some crazy like nuanced like take on this we've seen this character before you know what i mean sure yeah um but 
the amount of times i don't know if you've noticed it yet you will the amount of times house goes he's sleeping with your wife (laughs) or (laughs) no seriously you have herpes (laughs) does your kid have karate lessons Yeah, get you should get his teacher checked and your wife checked. It's like (laughs) for those listening, that is a specific one. Yes, (laughs) it's so funny. He's like every episode, he's always catching someone cheating. (laughs) I mean, he's horrible too. Like he's just yeah. Oh yeah, he'll just say it to them. He'll look up and he'll be like, "So either you've been to the diner at three a.m. or your husband has, you know?" And they're like, (laughs) "What?" And he's like, "He's cheating on you." You know? Oh my god! My god! Ugh. And then he um, pops a Vicodin right in front of his patients. It's right. so funny. There yeah. was an episode where there was like a teen model in and he was talking real creepy about her. And it was not okay. Yeah, there's some there's some dated stuff in that show. And it's a really interesting show to look at with that lens because it's trying sometimes. And it's like, right. you know, I mean, because like- when a show tries but then fails, it's hard to watch. But at least it's trying. And it it, I will say, the further you get, there are moments that it tries and doesn't mm-hmm. fail as hard later on in the show too, which is cool. Yeah. You know? Yeah. There's more like interpersonal moments than I thought previously, which adds to the show a bit. Like there's this moment with house and I'm just going to go ahead and say it. It's, it's spoilers, but everybody knows his legs fucked up. Like that's just part of mm-hmm. house, you know? Yeah. But he yeah. has this moment where he's like just in so much pain that it's like distracting oh, yeah. him from the case. And he's like, I need a morphine shot. And um, the the I forget her name, but the sort of head of the hospital is Cuddy, like, yeah, or yeah. something. Uh, uh, I think that's her name. I don't know. I I haven't been paying too close attention. I've just sort of been sitting in on episodes. But she she was like, "I'm not giving you a morphine shot." And he's like, "I think it's all in your head." And he's like, "Is this all in my head?" And he like takes down his pants and like on his thigh, like half his leg is just like sunken in. And it's yeah, really an affecting moment. Um. And I didn't expect that in-house. I don't know. Last thing I wanted to quickly talk about. Basically, I've been uh, making a making it a purpose of mine to go out of the way and watch a lot more director commentaries for movies I really like. I've been watching... I watched Looper, Knives Out, Dawn, and War for the Planet of the Apes, and Seven, all in the matter of two days. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I highly suggest it. For anyone, even people who aren't super into filmmaking, you probably will be by the end of it. Because some Mm. of the commentaries are like Brad Pitt and David Fincher talking shit about the second unit director. And it's just (laughs) funny because it's Brad Pitt talking shit. You know, I don't know. It just is. Mm. But uh, I wanted to say one thing that Morgan Freeman said in the seven uh, commentary. He is just the most like philosophical speaker. Every single time he spoke, it would just be like an introspective take on the character or something and one thing he just randomly said while his character was reading uh he just goes um books are a way to use your imagination movies are a way to see someone else use their imagination Hmm. and i was just like oh my god i love that (laughs) like i'm i'm sure it's from something and i'm sure other people have heard it but in the moment i was like morgan freeman is god (laughs) (laughs) i mean bruce almighty hey that's that's one we could do on this show that is because if i remember correctly i really loved it as a kid and jim carrey is one of those like as a kid loved that comedy but as an adult maybe it doesn't hold up but yeah uh I don't don't have a good smooth segue this time. I'm just going to introduce this show. It's called A New Lens. Sometimes you got to just go for it. Sometimes you're just going for it. And that's what I'm doing this time. Welcome all listeners. Uh, This is a show Gary and I started to talk about film and television that we liked as kids and other media uh, through the new lens of adults and amateur filmmakers and... um, uh, just super, super good-looking dudes. Uh, <laughs> I don't Thank know. you. I was. You haven't added yeah. a little. There's always like a and yeah, adults, that. yeah, or something. I don't know. <laughs> it's usually that, but you yeah. Know, sometimes you got to try and mix it up. And, and human uh, beings in a world. Yeah, I don't right. know. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, we've gotten to episode five of season two of Avatar: The Last Airbender. Avatar Day. Something about being this far and being on an episode that's so 
uh, no stakes as this one is. Not to yeah. not to take away stakes, but it feels like we're just in the show now. Yeah, you know, I get like that. I I felt like that before mid season one probably and at points, but now I'm like, if I were to drop off watching the show, I'd be an asshole. You know what I mean? Oh, I'm I'm yeah. in it now. You know, even if I weren't. Is in, even if I weren't enjoying it, I'm so in it that I might as well just, you know what I mean? I gotta say, I don't know. I think this might be an episode that we have differing opinions about because I watched, I watched this and I, I don't know. I'll, I'll get more into it, but I, you saying that makes me go, I could see somebody watching this episode and being like, I don't really even remember like exactly what's going on if they haven't been like strictly watching it and like getting disillusioned. It's a good episode. I, I think a, there's a lot of really great things about this episode, but I could see that happening with an episode like this. It's not one that makes you go, oh, what happens next? You know? I'll say uh, clicking on it was one of those all right it wasn't yeah. uh oh i'm excited to talk about this one uh yeah. so i think me going into it with low expectations made me go made me pleasantly surprised because there are th some things that happen it's one of those where there are some things that happen in the end of this episode that make me really really like fulfilled as a viewer yeah, and I it's such that. a short show that mm -hmm. even like five minutes of fulfilling shit is enough for me <laughs> that's fair. um and we just had an episode where that was kind of the, the case with the uh, the whole fulfilling battle at the end of the episode, yeah, you know? Right. But that one even held up a little more as far as, like, uh, structure. You know what I, I mean by that? I think one of the main things going on here is that I can draw too many connections to the worst episode of the show, which we have already talked about. The Great Ooh. Divide. Because... I, I mean, uh, I think it's your turn to get into the recap, but, like, this is an episode about them discovering a group of people that have a grudge from the past that has nothing to do with the story, that is not exactly how things happened, that the Avatar has to just clear up for them. You know what I mean? Like, And there are some character moments that, that are while not... they are redeemed slightly with yep. other moments, the moments themselves don't feel right. All right, enough enough beating around the bush. Yeah, all right. So I'm going to dive in. Basically, this episode is centrally focused on Aang and the gang getting to a town of people celebrating a day called Avatar Day. They think it's a great thing at first, and then they see that they are burning statues of the avatars. And it turns out that this town believes Avatar Kyoshi killed that killed the like original like founder of their uh it's it's like a a city it's not just like a town it's like a yeah. country almost you know what i mean it feels like its own territory almost yeah uh, it's it, yeah it's a big kind of like kiyoshi yeah. island you know mm -hmm. uh so basically uh ang being i don't know he's just a good guy i guess so he lets them take him prisoner while Sokka and katara to go to try to solve the murder of this um town's original leader so they go to kiyoshi island they figure out try to figure out what happened. They get some evidence against what this town told them. And when they go to present it, uh, the town's basically like, we're just going to do whatever we want. And yeah, I mean, it's kind of hard to sum it up other than that. There's like a group of Fire Nation uh, seemingly bounty hunters after them during mm -hmm. the episode. Uh, kind of in the background of the episode, we've got Zuko and Iroh in this town they were in. Um, Last time we saw them, but now Zuko has fully donned the mask of the Blue Spirit. And he's committing crimes to, you know, gain some wealth. Uh, and that's, yeah, that's basically it. We can dive in. I think anything else would be details, so. Yeah, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't really have anything to say about the very beginning, like I usually do. Sort of a scene-establishing thing. They're all camping the, the spider web it in the mouth me is out, pretty man. funny. It's not. It's funny. It freaks me out. It's, yeah, it's not okay. <laughs> the shot, a shot from inside of his mouth looking out of, I don't know, that just, it gets me. And then Momo just fully reaching. He like reaches his whole arm in there. <laughs> yeah. That part's pretty funny. The spider creating a web over Sokka's mouth is very disconcerting, but um, 
Oh, I do like though <laughs> that after after Momo reaches in his mouth, Momo's not paying attention at all, and Sokka's like trying to have a a, a one on one with him and just be like, Momo, you need to be more sensitive to my boundaries. Like <laughs> he's like trying to talk sense into this lemur. Uh, that's pretty funny. It doesn't make up for how uncomfortable I am because of the spider on the mouth thing. Yeah, no, I'm really uncomfortable about that too, and it never goes away. It's like a thing that lingers throughout the episode. I'm thinking, like, is that spider like? Did he swallow it? Did Momo get it? Like, what? Well, yeah, what's happening? You know, a little bit. This opening scene feels like, and also because it is um, diverted from so quickly, uh, it feels like. <laughs> writers around a table going okay before we get into the plot we need like an establishing moment like what is that something funny you know what yeah. I mean? something goofy yep sonka's got a yeah, spider most, on his mouth it's pretty rare that yeah because usually an episode will start with um something that will then feel like when you rewatch the episode i don't know it has more emotion where this if you rewatch it it's just a funny moment again you yeah. know what i mean yeah like that first shot thing doesn't really happen uh <laughs> right. But I do really like um, this group of bounty hunters that shows up. Not necessarily that they show up. Yeah, you're uh, right. But I like their um, individuality. Right. Like, it, usually when things. we see Fire Nation, every single soldier is exactly the same and they right. bend. Mm -hmm. But these are like... One guy is bending, one guy is using, like, ball and chains, yeah. one guy has dynamite, right. which is cool. This is the first time we're seeing sticks of dynamite. We've seen, like, blast jelly, right. uh, which felt like a, you know, more like kids show version. Mm -hmm. But now we're in the show. Now they can just throw things like dynamite at us and it's okay. You know what I mean? We've oh, got yeah. the kids hooked. They're not going to be afraid of something like that. I don't know. It's cool. I like this. Wait, do, do you have any theories on what they would call the animals that they're riding? Because I just want to call them trinos. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> I think that's probably a good one. I like think that's good. Triceratop rhinos, but like, you know what? I'm coining the phrase if they haven't already, uh, they haven't already coined trinos. that. I have a shirt with like all the animals on it, but that one's not on there. <laughs> I just did a little investigating and, um, the unit is called the Rough Rhinos, but it does not say actually what these animals are. So I'm, you know what? I'm sticking with Trino. Trinos. I like that. Um, they managed to save Katara's waterbending scrolls and Aang's staff, and then totally just don't even give a shit at all that Sokka lost his boomerang, which, you know what? I get it. Like... It was kind of a defining thing for him. You know, he's always using that boomerang. And I got to admit, this episode has some clever setup payoff moments mm -hmm. that when you look into them, aren't as clever. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, they only left it so that it could pay off with a joke <laughs> later. Yeah. You know? Not to say that that's the only reason. And it's right. not done. It's not done poorly. But it isn't no. done as well as other setups have been done on the show, so you see through it a little bit. Like, you know? when you think about it, that moment is just for the payoff later, but what what is it saying about the characters or developing that they leave yeah. this thing behind? It's exactly. A, that doesn't tie like, back. That doesn't that, really make sense with their team dynamic. Yeah, see, like, I feel like it would be uh, almost better if there was, like, a moment where, okay, here's a good, not to... <laughs> I hate it when people do this, so kind of fuck me. But let me rewrite this little moment. Uh, Nando V Movies is the only one who does this well, I think. Except not... Okay, I, I, mad respect to the dude. I, I liked what he did with his earlier videos more than what he's been doing. Yeah, I'll agree with that. You know what? Yeah, I totally agree with that. <laughs> I don't want you to be left hanging there on my subtle... Sounding like I'm just humoring you. I absolutely agree with that. I haven't, I haven't watched a video of his in like a That's year. The thing, yeah, yeah. Anyway, but I, I still see them though. This is, I guess, what I mean is when I see them, I'm not angered by him making a video. I'm like, right. well, at least I know he gives a shit about the process, so he's gonna respect these people doing right. it. Which yeah. I, I do too. I, I respect the fact that someone wrote this episode and took their time. Mm -hmm. Um, but if I were in that writer's room. I would have said, all right, what if Sokka has a moment 
like he has in the past where his boomerang is what saves them but then one of the rough rhinos just like catches it and it's just this oh shit kind of moment and then they have to grab Sokka while they're flying away and he's like boomerang as they fly off making it slightly comedic slightly like a man he always gets that back and then in the end that guy could get knocked out and then the boomerang falls and he catches it and he's like you do always I don't know that little difference might be enough because really don't they just I mean maybe I'm wrong sometimes even though I just watched the episode sometimes I'll say something that's completely wrong and then no like Mitchell has pointed it out where he's like dude I know you just watched it and I'm so sorry to do this but they actually said this and I'm like oh yeah that's right uh Dad. I think they just take the bag with the boomerang in it, right? He yes, doesn't the bag throw falls, it. the boomerang falls out, and he's like, hey, my boomerang. Yeah, but, like, oh, the yeah. first moment when they get it oh. from him. Like, there's no, like, cool moment that ends up with them getting the boomerang. They just, like, no. steal it. They, yeah. Well, yeah, they just get on the, uh, yeah, they just get on Appa, and then as they're flying away, he's like, my boomerang, and they're like, oh, yeah, shit. Yeah, yeah. See, um, just the simple act of using it could have made that moment a lot more satisfying, I think. Yeah. But then, then they get into town, and then a concept that I think complicates this world in a big way, it, I think it's another thing that brings this episode down a little bit for me, is details like this, because I don't know if this is brought up again in the show, but it opens so many questions that aren't necessarily easily answered. Water tribe money? That's okay with me, as long as it's money. It's like, what the so fuck? So this is exactly the same as the boomerang moment. Yep. It is a moment of setup to be able to be paid off later, which right. feels satisfying when it is. Mm-hmm. Later when Aang is in jail because he can't pay bail because he's like, right. I didn't know they wouldn't accept Water Tribe money. It's specifically funny because this guy does. Any money's good for me. Right. And it's like, obviously, they're just fucking with him at this point. Mm-hmm. But you're right. Why has... Why is one copper piece two copper pieces and why a is it thing? Never but then water the tribe past. money is just like what what is it made out of whalebone? Right. Like what's And like remember and... when they needed money and supplies from like King Boomy and from the town that well, they saved I will from say... the, the spirit of the woods and they they never brought up like you know and why would they have figured that out at that point? If they figured out that they needed money because they had Water Tribe money but couldn't pay for anything, and now they're paying for water with Water Tribe money and not realizing. You know what I mean? Well, so this was my... What I wrote down was I didn't even realize it until the callback moment when he says, oh, we didn't have... Uh-huh. I didn't realize they would, wouldn't take it. I was like, oh, the Water Tribe money because they ended season one leaving the water tribe and like the king of the northern water tribe probably gave them like a fuck ton of money you know (laughs) right so like in that sense i kind of understand why they have it now or maybe they didn't even have it when they went to king boomy you know what i mean that makes more sense um but yeah i honestly am just like a little bit i'm gonna be paying more attention to money now but maybe you know that's the thing this show does that sometimes where they will uh add some depth to a world building thing like money and then continue with that. So like if later in the show that becomes complication again I just or don't it think it ever does though. I, I don't, don't think so either. I don't honestly. remember it ever. It feels coming up like again. a very specific setup payoff moment for this episode. Um which, which is what this episode kind of is in a nutshell. It's you know? wild to do for such a like a huge <laughs> aspect of a culture and a world that you've created i don't know anyway it, it's not that big of a deal it just kind of it just frust- frustrates me a little bit it's one of the things about this episode. understandable for sure um but they do make their way into the town they're so excited about avatar day uh dude <laughs> The, the moment that cracks me up in this episode there are a couple moments this moment this episode is funny there yeah. are very funny moments but this guy running with the torch during the festival, it, it I don't know why, but him just <gasps> jumping through, through yeah, <laughs> is so and funny to me. Trouble. Like, they hate. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, I mean, it's so much that it's comedic. And then just their nonplussed faces, just no idea um, what to do. Um, yeah, uh after that moment, we get the first glimpse over, uh, first cutaway to the blue spirit stealing, you know, chopping 
this guy's, you know, he's got this these goods hung over his shoulder, chopping his uh, carrying device and stealing his stuff and bringing it back. And Iroh doesn't say anything, but he knows. So I've got a couple issues with this. Huh. I like Blue Spirit stuff, and I'm glad he's back. And I think they do the specific things like... Like, how Zuko is conflicted. Like, he takes the mask and swords off before he even goes up to Iroh. Right. But at the same time, like, I, how else did he get this stuff, right? But uh, the thing that I have a problem with is mostly just, like, them... I don't know. At this point, Iroh would be like, I'm not going to accept this. And he just, yeah. like, takes a bite out of this jelly yeah. donut and is like, mmm. And it's like... The thing that I, I'm saddened by, I think, is just knowing that that jelly donut was from that couple who were, like, going on a picnic, and it's just, like, right? Didn't he steal right, it from, yeah. like, a sweet... Like, he didn't steal it from, like, soldiers or something, and I just... Iroh's... I don't know. He's been... He's had a moment like that in the past, too, but I feel like at this point in the show, he's getting pushed a little further into that, like, compliance, and I'm... I don't know, but you know then what? a moment later, kind of redeems that. Yeah, but there's still I, it's just a little far for me. Let's let's tie. I I think I agree with you, but let's tie back to it when we when we come back yeah. to when um, we get to that moment with the two of them. The only other issue I have is just the fact that they waited. I I liked in the last episode how we had the opening and ending with Zuko and Iroh. Mm-hmm. and it just felt cool. And in the past, we've had back forth, back forth, back forth. There's something off about this one. We get like two scenes with them and yeah. they're placed in like odd places. Do you their, know what I mean by that? And this episode do doesn't up. relate. Yeah, no. They're what the Aang and the gang are doing, I when it cuts over to Iroh and them, it's maybe in a moment that's like emotionally kind of similar, like but not really. You know, it's not like really, after yeah. a joke Aang makes, then it cuts to Zuko stealing from a couple. And then it like cuts back and after mm-hmm. Sokka makes a joke, it cuts to Zuko stealing from a nobleman. You know, and it's, yeah. I don't know. I just have a little bit of an issue with the structure of it, I think. And that's what makes me kind of overthink it. The episode does start turning around when we cut back, though, in my personal opinion, uh, in one big aspect we get this introduction of this fucking dickhead mayor of the town, <laughs> Mayor Tom. His like his like limp pope hat. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> who is voiced by James Hong, Chief Wu oh. in Mulan. So if you wondered oh, where you recognized yeah, his voice, that's it's from Mulan. Absolutely, where I recognize that voice. And guess what? James Hong was born in Minneapolis, Minnesota. No way. Yep, true story. Oh, that's dope. Yeah. Shout out. Um, Shouting out. Uh, (laughs) They're like, you know, trying to talk out this whole Avatar Day thing. This, like, just really... I mean, the, the their point is for me to say this. This really o- ugly old man is just like, <laughs> the Avatar did this to us, and now look at us. It's like... I mean, it's a little weird. They're <laughs> like, look at me. I'm awful. And Aang even is, like... Aang's face. He's, <laughs> like, grossed out. Yeah. Um, I love Aang's. Aang's uh, reactions are always just so good. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he does, he's unable to, you know, talk it through. He gets arrested. Can't pay because he's got Water Tribe money. Um, and Sokka's trying to convince him to just break out of it. And there, you've got that fisheye, like, goofy thing. He's like, airbending slice! Yeah. Uh, it's it's goofy, but it's also, like, I don't know. It's another, like, a lot of Sokka's humor is not grounded in a whole lot of things. I feel like are continuitous or that I understand. And I feel like a lot of it falls short for me. And this... It's goofy. His but humor like... in this episode is similar to his humor in The Great Divide, right. although it's more character, a slightly more character driven. Like, right? In my opinion, what happens next? Him deciding to kind of don the Sherlock Holmes mm-hmm. like right. persona mm-hmm. that makes sense for his character, not only to do but to follow through with. Like, yeah. he is the character to be that guy, you know. Um, 
but then there are even moments where that feels like a joke, and that's not Sokka. Sokka would do that jokingly, but then nail it every time. Hmm. And I feel like in this episode, he does it jokingly, and then only nails it, like, once in the end. You know what I mean by that? <laughs> yeah, yeah. N- not to, like... I feel like I'm ragging on the episode more than I actually felt in the moment. I was really enjoying a lot of it. I and think I'm driving Sokka that a being... little bit, because I don't know why. I just... Uh, I don't know. No, Maybe it's I, just that's, me watching That makes it for today, an interesting but... discussion, for oh, sure, yeah, too, yeah. because... You know, it's it's making me rethink things in a in a different in a new no, lens. No way, <laughs> no way. <laughs> I said it. Um, so I think that uh, yeah, I think that there are choices made though. Like I don't even know if it's like the way he says it or the way it's done, but in the past when Sokka's like all right, but only if they've got food. I'm starving. I laugh. But in this episode, I'm like hoping he doesn't make a food joke too. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like on top of the humor he's already making. I'm like, <laughs> right. okay, well, like, right. keep the food humor back then because that would just be... But then I will say, dude, this bubble pipe <laughs> yeah. is brilliant. Yeah. I, don't, I don't think you could get away with that on Nickelodeon right now, maybe. Maybe because it's a bubble pipe, but... <laughs> It's a pipe, you know. Right. He's smoking a pipe, right? But it's bubbles because he's full Sherlock. He's a kid. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It. When I was a kid, that moment made me smile so big. The main thing like, is I like, remember that. And I'm actually I'm reconsidering something as we're talking and sort of coming to your side on an aspect of this, which is um, I was a little bit apprehensive of of the detective thing, partially because. He's not good at it, and I feel like Sokka would be. Like, yeah, every step of the way, Katara is finding these clues and she wouldn't. he is. And she wouldn't. And she wouldn't even try, um, you know? She would She would use a different method to solve this. Uh, and her method would be valid and good, but it would be completely different than what he's trying to do. Right. And she's not only going along with it, she's, like, almost leading it. The thing that I'm coming around with, though, uh, is that... I think it does make sense for Sokka that he is so caught up in being this detective very person true. that he's missing things. I think You're, that's thinking about a it very in that good way makes, point. It, makes me like it a lot more. That's so true. They they inspect the the temple. They fly over to Kyoshi Island. We get a you know, is this? Uh, it's not. I was gonna I, I was gonna say is this one of the first places that we've returned to omashu was actually i think because i think it was straight up yeah. all new locations omashu. omashu was the first place that they returned to and now we're returning to another location um which is sort of i feel like it's enriching the world i really like that feeling yeah, yeah i really like that feeling knowing that the place still exists even after they leave because mm-hmm. in most tv shows especially animated kids shows once an episode happens I mean, it's like that joke on Family Guy when they like, I mean, I'm not, I don't watch Family Guy that much anymore. I think this is on an older episode, but uh, there was like a joke where they lose just everything throughout mm. the episode and every episode always ends with it, them figuring it out, but this one doesn't and they're like walking down the street, like on the verge of homelessness or something and mm. Lois is like, well, what are we going to do? And then Peter's like, well, it's the end of the episode. It's all right. The next one starts and we're back in our home and it'll be fine. And then it just ends. And the next episode, they never talk about it, you know, because that show has no like consistent story. Mm -hmm. Um, But this one does. So as soon as they go back now, I'm like, not only am I on a consistent journey, I'm on a journey where characters can come back. I mean, Mm -hmm. foam mouth person comes back. Yeah, foam mouth guy. I oh, love man. foam mouth person. And then <laughs> him being so embarrassed when Aang's not actually there. Just like very oh, funny. Oh, um oh. <laughs> I love they give background to Suki was inspired by their communication, their their meeting. I really love that. And that's this episode fight. does that kind of stuff really yeah. well. Like yes. the bulk of the episode is the worst part. Mm-hmm. All the enriching little things that will matter later. Mm-hmm. Like in this episode is going to have a lot of five-second moments in later, previously, on Avatar. Yeah, right. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. Yeah. yeah. Um, uh, they see the big feet on Kyoshi's armor. They make the connection. Um, <laughs> we flash back to Aang in his uh, jail cell with all these uh, tough-looking guys, hey. like bald head. Bald guy with a tattoo. <laughs> yeah. yeah, bald head, get along. tattoos. 
Um, that then, <laughs> I think that joke makes me laugh harder than it should. I don't know why, but it just makes me it's laugh good. It's so good. hard when that guy is just like bald head tattoos and it's <laughs> ang. <laughs> it makes me laugh just... even harder, even though I feel like the timing's a little weird. I still just love it so much when he's talking about his feelings for Katara, and that other like super tough looking buff bald dude is just like don't be afraid to tell her how you feel and then like wipes away the tears on his face dude i was just gonna mention that because i have honestly always thought of that moment because you know i've watched the show a couple times maybe in my youth Mm -hmm. but when that moment happened now i remembered it and i was like oh this is that like kind of cheesy pie joke where Mm -hmm. all like just a guy says it for no reason just to say it because that's like a thing that you wouldn't expect him to say but for some reason I got a different reading this time. When yeah. I was watching it this time, Me too. I watched it like a man who has experienced love and didn't tell her and is now wishing he had. <laughs> yeah, and he's just right. telling Aang, like, dude, don't do what I did. Tell her yeah. how you feel. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it doesn't feel like out of nowhere. It feels like, I don't know, in my, as I gain age, I realize, like, that's not that odd for that guy to say. It really doesn't feel super out it's funny it is because you know we're not expecting it but when he does say it it works now Mm -hmm. i don't know Mm -hmm. for me yeah it's cute i agree (laughs) um this uh shit stained mayor is (laughs) has got the worst judicial system uh you could ever imagine um they finally (laughs) get uh to this like trial and you get the classic comedy of uh short guy deep voice the accused will now present its argument. And it works. It works. It feels like almost every other joke in this episode where I'm able to point, like what you just did, mm-hmm. classic short guy with deep voice. <laughs> right. I did That's that. That's the bit. And but it I also doesn't go still any deeper than that. But also I yeah. did chuckle. Yeah. Right. Yes. Um, exactly. Ang, um, and this is another character thing where it's I like, I don't like this. Ang would not fuck this up this bad. No. Ang would not. There, he would not. This feels dumb. This yes. I hate this moment. I do not yeah. like watching it. In my opinion, your uh, statue matches your temple. <laughs> like, my feet on. are big. Right. Yeah, I in like some of the stuff he says, it's like in Ang would catch himself. He'd look down and be like, "Well, my feet aren't big." Okay, Kiyoshi's feet were big. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I think that uh, my opinion is that of the. Uh, viewer so like i don't know exactly what it's like to write these episodes but there's just something i really like in tv and that's enjoying it (laughs) like i get that you can watch a movie and not enjoy it and it's good still and sometimes tv is like that too like uh i mean there's some game of thrones that's like highly unpleasant i haven't finished game of thrones but i've seen some unpleasant shit Mm -hmm. but that's like the the fun of it almost you know it's like oh wow i just watched these characters for like a season now i'm watching them go through hell i feel feel things yeah but that's like this isn't that at all this is just like aims ang's being dumb and it's making me mad Mm -hmm. and it's not something they needed to do like it's not uh developing his character and it's not developing the story it's just so it's supposed to be funny, yeah. and I th- I think that there that's a challenge as a writer is to be able to be satisfying while also keeping in moments of like weakness for a character or whatever. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that already happened. He's in the jail. He's already there. Right. So now is the moment of redemption, and it still ends up happening. So it's almost like why didn't they just do that earlier? You know, yeah, right. cut out his dumb little moment and just have Kiyoshi show up. Yeah. Uh, and before we get too far, real quick, I just want to say I did like Sokka's moment of revelation about the shadows and sunset and sunrise yeah, and the painting. That was good. It's very clever, and he notices it. He doesn't yeah, notice true. it because Katara points out the shadows. He just he fully is one. like, this was mm-hmm. sunset. Look at the shadows. And mm-hmm. then Katara is like, oh, yeah, you're right. They're pointing east. And it's like, yeah. I didn't even like that she said that, but I'll let it slide, you know? <laughs> Like, you no, don't know East and West, Katara. You've never... Sokka is the one with the... Yeah. Not to... I, I Not to be a dick. Like, Katara probably also yeah. can read a map and also knows her shit. Intelligent. But it yeah, felt but... like a... You know, when you have a character that's a waterbending master, it's nice for the character who has no bending You're abilities right. to, you know, have the character redeeming moments. Right, right, right. Um, we get a big uh, turnaround on this episode 
we get the best scene. Well, uh, I don't know. Actually, the next two scenes that we talk about mm-hmm. are are both fantastic, and it's why For this different episode reasons. isn't awful. <laughs> yes, um, I 100% agree. They're so good that it makes the episode pretty good. Yes, right. Um, we get this interaction with Iroh and Zuko. Zuko gives Iroh this new teapot, and... He, you know, because he knows he loves tea, but Iroh's like, you know, a good tea is good whether it's in a brand new porcelain mug or a tin cup. Uh, it's the same thing. He talks about the simple honor in poverty, which is just enjoying life in the simple things that you have that get things done, like just enjoying and being grateful for the simple things. And then... Zuko starts talking about the Avatar again. And this is the first time since his banishment that he's talked about the Avatar, actually. Um, yeah, this moment is fantastic. Genuinely fantastic. Iroh tries to get him to see that. Do you even think that, like, catching the Avatar at this point would solve yeah, like, any of your problems? Yeah, why do you even give a shit anymore, yeah. dude? What are you doing, you know? When he said that, as a viewer, I'm like, what are you doing? So then when, when Iroh feels the same way, right. it's just so... Thank you for fucking saying something because this is ridiculous. But Zuko takes it the wrong way. He says, then all hope is lost. And Yep, which isn't something I thought of in the moment. And it made me go, oh, fuck. Yeah, (laughs) right. It makes so good. This this moment is so good. Iroh trying to pull him out of it. You You can feel how important Iroh recognizes this moment is. He says, never give in to despair. You know, uh, hope is something in the darkest times that you give yourself. That is the the meaning of inner strength. And God, that's one of my favorite quotes in the whole show. Oh, and you it's can, so good. It makes so much because Zuko has had this dependency on other people on accomplish on accomplishing this goal, so that other people will recognize him the way that he wants. And he is for the first time on his own, and the goals that he would have achieved won't do anything for him anymore. He needs to live life for himself, and that's what Iroh is trying to give to him that notion. And he, in this moment, just silently turns and walks away. Um, which is suspenseful. It's a good way to end the scene. I hate when they cut away when somebody has said, you know, just in any media, when they cut away when some, like right after someone has said something very important and you just see the other person like look at them, but you don't get to see what they say or if they leave or like how that resolves itself. That frustrates me because it's like, I want to know how that resolved itself or give me something that makes me, anticipate and know that you like if it's so yeah, like clear scene, that you know a scene going of to... zuko walking away with a look on his face later so we know that right. he had a moment exactly yeah. um anyway but then we get another great moment our Dude. introduction to kiyoshi i think kiyoshi is like one of my favorite thing or characters in the show that is like a you know, you it more talked about than you know is present. So like her moments, like this moment, is just one of my favorites. I love it that she shows up. It's so cool. I'm I'm gonna give credit to Eva on this one for saying that of all the avatars that we know, Kiyoshi has uh without a doubt the most big dick energy of all of them. <laughs> oh yeah. Like she just shows up and she's like, I killed him. <laughs> yeah, Kiyoshi fucks. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um I love this the way she shows up though, this tornado and the sepia tone like spreading across the land, transporting them all back. Very, very cool and stylistically just well done. Uh Kiyoshi I, uh, speaks uh on that speech or on her speaking. Um I recognized it. I was like, all right, this feels iconic. Like this feels like something in my head. And uh, it's Jennifer Hale, who, when when you look her up on Google, she is known as the most prolific video game voice actor, period. Mm, wow. Uh, she's got, like, a Guinness World Records for most prolific female voice actor or something like that. Huh. But, uh, yeah, period. Wow. Uh, and when you look through her credits from video games to TV to movies, it's 
it would literally be impossible for you not to go, oh, wow, oh, at least sure. once. Yeah, right. Yeah, like she was Silver Sable in like seven of the 15 Spider-Man games that are out there. She's uh, been Jean Grey like 10 times. She's been... Oh, my God. Uh, she was in all the Mass Effect games. I'm on her page right now, and each year the past, like, I'm seeing like 30 credits for 2010 alone 29 2000 or uh, 2009 2008 like every year she is so many credits she's also another character on this show june yeah or is june the in Bado of the water tribe so june is the woman who rides the sheer shoe and tracks people yeah she's an awesome character too and oh yeah a completely different completely different uh attitude in her voice oh yeah you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, even a different voice. And when you look through some of her credits, there are there are characters that I don't, uh, I haven't watched her be that character, but I know that that character has an accent. Mm. And I'm like, okay, so she does accents. She does uh, different attitudes. She's probably just one of the best voice actors alive, you know? Hell yeah. So very cool that she gets the part of one of the coolest characters right. on the show. <laughs> right, you know? yeah. Oh, just her tearing up this land like just splitting it in half turning the base of this peninsula into lava in order to move to like make the island now island mobile and then just like earth bending fire bending air bending water bending all at the same fucking time to move this piece of land all the way out to become an island it's I think it's incredible. the coolest thing we've seen done yet, it, you know? It just might be. Looks uh, like it's boiled in oil. Another, in my opinion, I was going to wait to say this, and I'm glad I did. This mm. is the good, maybe great setup callback of the episode. Yeah. They get to this town, <laughs> and there's a festival going on. So yeah. Sokka's like, ooh, festival food. I love fried dough. Mm -hmm. And he's eating fried dough because, of course, as we all know, that is festival that, food. And, it's and then Aang's sentence is boiled in oil, mm -hmm. and then he avoids that. Essentially, this whole, like, fried dough, boiled in oil, and then them, like, making their new festival food not fried dough because of the lack of boiling in oil. I think that's really clever. I don't know. No, that really... I agree. It, I it really pays like off really that. well at, at the very end of the episode after... Uh, I don't know. Do do you have a whole lot to say about this like battle of the town? I mean... I wish I did. It's cool. I, I don't really... It's cool. There's but one. I wish I had more to say. I, there's always... In these battles, I always like have like... Oh! In this one, it was just... I love that Aang uses these fans. Yeah. I love yeah, that. Yeah. And there's like a cool close-up him and the other guy old western kind of moment and but, right yeah. when it starts him flicking the boots off like that's a cool moment oh yeah that's cool um, and i like that he's in makeup too i yeah, don't know why it, it makes him look the whole badass oh yeah oh yeah there's a uh, one brief moment of katara using a very small she she is using her water more and more sparingly like you can tell this she is, is not her whole jug she uses a small strip of water to like just form in front of her and levitate like right in place which is interesting you don't always see that it's usually like in motion and she just keeps this ice block in place to deflect something back that that's one moment in the combat uh combat that i thought was cool enough to point out but she it's cool the attention to detail with her bending. How mm -hmm. it's not always just she gets better at it, but like you said, her refining it is right. even a cool aspect. Yeah. But yeah, so they finish the fight. It ends. They're good. Avatar Day. And has it literally a just ends. Yeah. It just ends. Did you notice that? <laughs> yeah. And Sokka even is like, this is the worst town we've ever been to. And it kind of like, like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Why did you do that to us? <laughs> Like, you had to write that town right. into existence, guys, <laughs> yeah. you know? Oh, uh, we cannot fail to bring back the final moment with Zuko and Iroh, where Zuko comes back and he he says, you know, I've been thinking a lot about what you said. And Iroh's very happy about it. He says, oh. uh, there is uh, nothing to gain from us traveling together anymore, and I need to go on my own. And he starts walking away, and Iroh goes, wait! And you think he's going to, like, try and convince him to come back, but he just, he brings him this, like, ostrich horse, horse ostrich, ha! Ah, why can't I say that? Fuck. 
he brings him this ostrich horse thing and yeah just like wishes him well basically i think he recognizes that zuko needs to do some personal fending for himself and like personal work mm-hmm. that he wants to be there for him but he's not going to force himself upon zuko in this process it's honestly really sad yeah yeah uh oh i it's... wish they ended with that instead right. of ending with the fried dough <laughs> the worst place we've ever been ang's face ang's yeah. face when he's sucking up fried dough Ugh. makes me want to gag raw dough raw dough dude yeah raw oh. dough sorry yeah. no, not not yeah gross yuck Kid moment of the week's probably the foam mouth guy, isn't it? It always if the foam mouth guy <laughs> is used, there, and he's not kid moment of the week. That'd be the then foam mouth. That poor animator went out of their way for nothing. Yeah, <laughs> there are a few good funny moments in the episode, but mm-hmm. that one, I will say too though, what? it is a very like. All right, what do we got in the toolbox? Well, we got foam mouth guy. All right, put him in there. You know, I'm surprised yeah. cabbage guy didn't show up in this episode. I am. <laughs> that's that's true. Oh, and man. because he didn't, that is why I'm cool with foam mouth guy getting kid moment of the week. <laughs> yeah, there you go. If cabbage guy showed up, I wouldn't even give out a kid moment. Oh no, <laughs> it would have been the bubble pipe or something. <laughs> uh, well, that's. Uh, I think that's gonna do us on this one. Thank you all for listening. Um, we have decided to, uh, since we're going to be doing these more often, and so we'll still be able to be putting out Avatar uh, often for our you know, fans of Avatar, which I think is probably most of you at this point who are listening, but um, you know, we are hoping uh, to broaden our horizons a little bit as well and do some movies more often. Uh, so there's 20 episodes of Avatar per season, and we've decided after every five episodes, we are going to do uh, a movie always ending the season with uh spider-man but uh this next episode is gonna be on a classic from our childhood holes dig it up uh, uh, dig it you Such a classic. got to go dig those holes i'm very excited to watch this one it's been years i remember this movie being very very good um we both read the book right yeah and it's so we're both those guys who are like fans of the book and the movie and appreciate the movies. Yeah, still so maintains this is, to me as we might, one, we might, we might not. Yeah. we'll find out. Oh yeah, on true. I shouldn't say anything episode. until we watched it. Yep, you're right. Yeah, it's right. been it has been long enough. Yeah, so I'm very excited. Ah, oh, well, uh, I hope that excites some of you. Um, I hope you'll tune in. You can also check out. Legendary Four Adventures. Space Vampires. Thank you, Gary. Um, that's our other actual play D&D podcast with our friends Gary and Sam. Uh, Dustin yeah. and Sam. Gary. Oh, my God. <laughs> our other friends, Dustin and Sam. Anyway, all right. This has been <laughs> this has been it. Thank you for listening. We appreciate you so much. Uh, my name's Calvin. And I'm Gary. This has been a new lens. I got nothing extra to say about this fucking episode. Goodbye.